1: Are you a catalyst for progress, spiritually speaking? Let's talk about that next. Hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Today, we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, here in 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16. It's here the Apostle Paul gives us an understanding of progress and how you and I can be a catalyst for this progress. Are you someone who's just stuck like a lump on a log, spiritually speaking, or are you out there making progress for the kingdom's sake? We'll show you how next, here on Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: Listen to this. He says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. He says, in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith. In purity, he says, till I come, give attention to reading. That's public declaration of the word. He says to exhortation to doctrine. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership or the presbytery. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Now watch this, saints, give yourself entirely to them. That your progress, somebody say progress, he says that your progress may be evident to all that others might see it. He says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now I've talked about this stuff before, but I want to, I want to revisit this. I want to talk to you guys about the catalyst for progress, the catalyst for progress, you know in life, God has all of us God has all of us on a journey from a personal standpoint. Um, we're all going through this process with God. God is taking us somewhere in the spirit. He's elevating us. He's, he's expanding. He's, he's causing us to bloom and to blossom. And for all of us, we have to understand that there's a period of time when God may have us in a holding pattern, but then he takes us to the next step. This is walking with God. And I've learned that walking with God is not a matter of just trying to figure everything out. It's a matter of just flowing with God and enjoying Enjoying the journey a lot of people don't enjoy their journey with God just to simply enjoy your journey with God Sometimes God's gonna take you here there, but it's a journey and you learn more about God Along the way than had God just told you everything before you got started with him I love the surprise element and aspect of my walk with God. It sometimes it can be tough But you know what it's worth it because you find out things about God, but at the end of the day God is, he wants us to have progress in life. He wants us to go forward. He wants us to advance. He wants furtherance furtherance in our lives. And he wants us to profit. This is our relationship with God is going forward. We're constantly going forward with him. And I'm talking about on a personal level. We're going forward with him. We're advancing. He's constantly giving us fresh revelation and insight into who he is. He's calling us to go further than we've ever gone in our life. I mean, this is something that we do when we walk with God. And he wants us to profit. He wants us to benefit. He wants us as we're going, this is what we should experience. Now, sometimes, like I said, God will have us in a holding pattern. But ultimately, he does it for seasons and periods of time. And then he says, okay, now it's time to to go forward. It's time to advance. All of us in life, we have to understand this. And I think for some of us, we have to learn not to get frustrated when God does have you in a holding pattern or he has you in a season where he's just saying, can you just be still? You know, I have four kids and it's like, can you just I was just over at uh, over at (laughs) I was just over at a subway and a guy was in there. He had three boys and then I'm trying to enjoy my sandwich. I'm just getting back to that. He had the three boys there and then finally I just heard him say, be still. And I looked up, I said, brother, I got, I got four kids. I know exactly how you feel. Well, sometimes that's how we are with God. We have to learn that it's a journey, and sometimes God says, be still. Sometimes he says, okay, now it's time to go, but we want to progress. And the thing that we have to understand is that sometimes God wants us to go forth, and we're not going forward because we don't understand the catalyst for Progression. And in this passage of Scripture, Apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy, and he starts to talk to him about his progress being evident to all, that people see your progress. But he gives a list of things that really are the catalyst for people seeing progress in his life. And I think we need to examine him so we can get insight into some of the things that we can do, analyze Look at in our lives so we can see where maybe if I do this, God, he'll get the ball rolling in my life again. And I have to understand and embrace that. Amen. Number one, he says in verse 12, he says, let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith. He says in purity. He says, let no one despise your youth. You know, this is one of the things that I look at. Um. Especially being a, a young man uh, and then being around people all the time. And I wrote this down. Um, one of the things that we, we, we must never do is think that just because a person is older, it means that they know more or they're more mature. Listen to this, saints. We must go from age to example. We must go from age to to example when we're looking at people's lives and measuring and so he tells him let no one despise your youth to despise it means to hold in contempt to think lightly of and I think sometimes we just write people off solely based on how long they've been saved or how old they are in general not realizing that it's not the numerical number does not tell you all that you need to know about somebody's spirituality and how mature they are. And sometimes we mistake this. And I think as saints, we have to stop, pause, put ourselves in a position where we start to examine. It says here, we must go. I wrote down, we must go from age to example. I got to look at, instead of just looking at a person's age, we need to look at their example. Saints, people can be around the church for a long time and still have not grown up. How long have you been having been say? 15 years. Man, you still struggling with that? Come on now. What has the gospel done for you? I'm just riding on a wing and a prayer. What's <laughs> that? Come on now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm all for riding on the wing, but you gotta grow up too. God wants you to start flying some too. You know, see, saints, at the end of the day, at some point in time, we got to grow up. And Apostle Paul tells him, let no one despise your youth. Don't let someone hold your youth in contempt and to think lightly of it. Now, obviously, if someone's just getting saved and things are wrong that nature and they still haven't figured out what the book of, of Malachi is, then you need to stop them. You know what I mean? Like, like I did when I first got saved. I didn't even know where nothing was. I'm trying to preach to everybody like I know everything. And my pastor finally told me, Sit down for a while. At least give me six months. <laughs> Along with the book of Malachi is, brother. I'm like, no, everybody going to be a saint. Everybody. Ah! And you know what he used to tell me? He used to say, listen. And Elder Kenyon tell us. He'd tell us. When them Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking on your door, you better know what you're talking about. Because don't come back up in this church confused. <laughs> Can I have an amen? amen. So I understand. So, but, the, but the key here is really realizing, obviously, there's a balance with this. But at some point in time, as you have started to model the example, you cannot let individuals despise your youth. This is a catalyst for progress. There's no way if I'm struggling with insecurity based on the fact that I haven't been saved for a long time or if I'm not an older person, it could hinder the progress that I'm seeking to gain in my life in terms of how God will use me. So and even as a pastor, we have to make sure that, you know, we respect We thank God for elders. We thank God for eldership. We thank God for people that have been around the gospel for a long time. But at the end of the day, we have to go from age to example. I understand this, but what is the example this person is living out? Apostle Paul is clear with Timothy. He says, let no one despise your youth. And if you're going to have progress in your life, you're going to go forward. You cannot let individuals do this. But he says, be an example. Be an example. Be a model. He says, be an example to the believers. He says, number one, in word." Somebody say word. And so now I want to be an example as I'm not allowing people to despise my youth. But I want to be an example in word. If I can be an example in word, then what happens is this is a catalyst for progress, for people seeing progress that I've made in my life. He says here, this word in the Greek is both the act of speaking and the thing spoken. It's the act of speaking and the thing spoken. So in my life, I want to be an example in the act of speaking and the thing that is spoken. And this is part of the way in which people can see progress. And you see this. You see where people go a lot of times by what's coming out of their mouth. We see the example, but also by what's coming out of their mouth. And for us, we want to be this kind of example for people. What are we speaking? Both the act of speaking and the thing smoking. What are we speaking? What are we telling people? How are we communicating to people? How are we relating to people from a speech standpoint? This is important because progress is about that. People need to see that in our lives, that our Christianity has affected not just our, our positional Standing in terms of our relationship with God. But this has affected my lifestyle in terms of how I'm communicating with people. What am I saying? What's coming out of my mouth? You know, one of the things we got to do is we got, hey, listen. Before I gave my life to Christ, man, I was cussing all the time. I made up my mind. that God, I want you to change my heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Spe- change my heart so my speech will change. There was a time in my life where I just went completely silent. Not completely, but you know what I mean. I was very hesitant to speak because I was saying, God, kill everything in my heart that's calling me to cuss. I don't want to talk like that. Kill everything in my heart that's calling me to tell a lie. Can I have an amen? Kill everything in me. God, I want my speech to represent the kingdom of God. And so what happens is we learn to allow God to come in and to clean our heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will begin to speak. You don't even have to think about not cussing. It just, you hit your finger on something. You say, oh, Lord, Jesus, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, help me, Lord. (laughs) Can I have an amen? That's what. Make sure you fix that microphone, buddy, because that's peeking out. But that's that's what you, you used to say all kinds of stuff. See, that's when you really know you got it good down on the inside. But what happens is, saints, we want God to change our speech. So, for all of us, it's not just the things spoken, but the act of speaking. How are we speaking too? This is important. Now, there's a time, you know, you read the Bible when and Jesus is saying stuff, and there's an exclamation point at the end. Where he's passionate. He's fired up about it. And then there's times when you see. You just sense from the scripture that Jesus is. All of us have to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. To communicate the way that he's asking us to communicate in the moment. It's not either or. Sometimes God is going to have you to be very passionate about something with people. And you're going to have to look them in the eye and say, man, God is saying you need to cut that out now, man. But if God is telling you, I want you to go over there and rebuke them sharply and tell them to stop now. And you go over there and say, oh, Edmund, the Lord just says you need to stop. And God is saying, no, I didn't tell you to say it like that. Saints. It's a matter of learning to walk with God and say what he wants you to say the way he wants you to say it in the moment. You could be yelling at God's people. This is the art that God had with Moses. Moses was mad at the people. He went to God and said, God, these people, they keep on bugging me. I'm paraphrasing. They want me to give them water. I'm tired of these folks. Get them off my back. I'm paraphrasing. That's the Kaufman translation. (laughs) And And then God tells them, go and speak to the rock. And then water's gonna come out. And then Moses said, Okay, I'm gonna speak to this rock. <laughs> and he goes and he strikes a rock. It says, You, it ah, goes off. And what did he do? He made the people, he made it seem as a representative of God in that moment, like God was mad at the people, and he wasn't mad at the people. Moses was mad at the people. So he misrepresented God. And sometimes we can do that when we're dealing with people. So We've got to find out what God is saying, and we have to be open just to say what God is saying. And sometimes that means going to mean tough words. Sometimes it's going to be soft words, but it's not about me. What's God saying? Go and tell them that I love them, but I don't want to tell them. I don't like them. <laughs> but saints, we have to be an example in what? Word. Be an example in word, not representing just you, but representing God and his, and be open to however God wants you to say it. Just say it. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. He says not only in word, he says also in conduct. Somebody say conduct. This is a person's mode of life. It's their lifestyle. You know, if, and this is, this is a matter of progress. When people see your conduct the way you live your life it's a sign that you're progressing and I think for us and it's a catalyst this is something that causes people to see and it causes you to go when you start to live out the lifestyle that God wants you to live out and I think for all of us our conduct or mode of life is something that we have to look at now let me say this to you all when I think about conduct I don't just think about a moment because a moment doesn't define you everybody has a bad day. Can I have an amen? amen? Is there anybody here that hasn't had a bad day ever in your life walking with Jesus? Sometimes you're, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like, I, don't, I just want to go home, man. And you, it, some people have a bad day. Stuff happens. So you can't measure a person's lifestyle or mode of life just by one moment. So there's times you have to sit back and examine a person's conduct. He says conduct, a person way, a person is living their lives. Hmm. In this particular area, God wants us to be an example in conduct. That when you come on the job, people can consistent. There's a consistency about you. There's a fragrance about you that they can see. If you have a bad day, oh, that's just something must have happened. That's not them. Can I have an amen? That's not them, because I know this person. I've seen them. Well, we want to be an example in conduct. When people, and people, it causes us to progress, and it causes people to see the progress that we're making to progress, and and it causes people to see the progress that we've made in life. He says not only in conduct, he says in love. Somebody say love. You know, true biblical agape is something that For years, I've tried to really preach on and try to really establish within the church because, you know, we've got this sloppy agape thing going on in the church that's been going on for so long, and it's hard for people to see that whom the Lord loves, he chastens and rebukes. He scourges every son that he receives. And that true legitimacy in the sight of God is found in God's corrective element and aspect in your life. You know, if we are without chastisement, then we are illegitimate and we're not true children. God, He loves you enough to correct you. He loves us enough to tell us the right thing, to tell us the truth. And for as believers, we have to find this balance when it comes to true love. God wants us to have an affection and a passion towards people, a willingness to lay down our lives for people. Greater love have no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And so what happens, we see the greatest expression of love is us being willing to give of ourselves to other people, the way God did to us through Jesus Christ. But what happens, saints, is sometimes we get into a point where we don't think people are loving solely on the basis of them not giving us what we want. We got to break that in the church. Because God wants us to be an example of love. And we're an example of love. It's true biblical love that God has set forth in his, in his church. And it's amazing how when, you, when, you, um, when it all boils down to, to it, saints, it's, a lot of times people just don't feel like you're being loving, like I said earlier, because they're not getting what they want. We've created, unfortunately, even in the church, we've just, we've just spoiled people. Instead of saying, you know what? God loves you, but he doesn't like what you're doing right now. He's going to correct you. That's love. Love didn't just say, here, have it all. It says, love does not give you what you want. It gives you what you need. And some of y'all know that until you have children, you don't know nothing about this. <laughs> Once you have your first child... And stuff start happening, stuff start getting broke, and stuff, the stuff that you said you wouldn't do, you start doing it, because you know what, you about to get a spanking up in here, because I'm tired of this. (laughs) Can I, can I have an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll never spank little Johnny, he's just my little sugar plum, he'll never do anything wrong, I'll just love him Uh (laughs) uh-huh you come on i tell you what and after a while you realize that that's the only way i have to go to god's biblical mind. well sometimes in life we have to understand this in walking with god we want true biblical love and it must be displayed if we're going to see people uh really see our progress in life say man this guy is loving he's not sloppy it's true, it's real, it's, it's, it's authentic, it's powerful, it's God. It's what God would do. And this is what we need in our lives and what we should be modeling for people that are all around us. He says not only in love, he says in spirit. Somebody say spirit. Now understand that David prayed this prayer. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew within me, what? The right spirit or a steadfast spirit. All of us, when we come to God, our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we're children of God. Our spirit needs to be renewed, washed, cleansed. All of us, whether we realize it or not, have been defiled by demons, have affected us in some way. And all of us need to be, which are disembodied spirits, and we need to be cleansed and purified. And, and maybe, you, maybe you didn't have a spirit in your life, but it was talking to you and getting in your... And so what happens is all of us in this room, from a spiritual standpoint, we need to be clean. We need to be cleansed. We need God to come in and help us. And when it comes to progress, this is something that we have to... We want God to create in us, to renew within us the right spirit. That God... Purify me from a spiritual standpoint. Truth be told, some of us have been and involved in all kinds of witchcraft and sorcery, tarot card reading. Some some people maybe even in this room, and you need to repent. But we shouldn't be looking up in the newspaper to find out what what our sign is. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm gonna have a good day today. The devil is a lie. <laughs> I'm a Leo. I'm a, I'm a lion. I'm a the devil, I'll bind you right now. Come on, I'm pulling the cat out the bag. You know, some of us, we still carry a rabbit's foot and everything else. <laughs> we walk around with our rabbit's foot, talking about, I'm going to have a blessed time today. Some of us walk around doing the sign of the cross before we walk in the restaurant everything. <laughs> Pixie dust and <laughs> love potions and Come on, come on. We carry around love potions and stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: talk about, talk about, talk We walk around. The devil is a lie. I'll bind you, you devil. And what happens is we invite these spirits into our lives. We can't even hear from God because we're thinking about all these demons and we become superstitious and stuff. Talking about Hail Mary before we get on the plane and all this. What's it called, conflection or what, geniflex or whatever we do? What, what is that? You bow down and Genuflex. the devil is a lie. We, we better stand up in Jesus Christ, know that there's one mediator between God and man, and that is a man, Jesus Christ, who's sitting on the right hand of the Father, and of grace and truth, and he forever lives to make intercession for us. There's one mediator. We got Jesus. We'll be fine. Amen.
1: Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net.